Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, episode number 89. One more till that shot. Yeah. I'm Nick, alongside Emily. Good morning. Emily, how are you doing today? I am alive. You are alive. You're the one who wanted to do a morning podcast. I know, I know. This is my own doing. Do I have, have my coffee and I am prepared. In a mug that's labeled breakfast wine. Emily, what is it we do here on this show? We take a week-by-week look at the inevitable, because it's not slow anymore, downfall of WCW in the late 90s to the early 2000s. Well, it's relatively slow, because we haven't watched a Nitro in, like, two months. It's slow because of you and I. It's not slow because of the product. Yeah, this is the first um, WCW we're watching in quite a while. Yeah, it's been, what, like, almost two months since we watched Nitro. We watched ECW. ECW. I think I snuck in a little bit of thunder watching in between of just like ease back into it. So there have been nights where like we'll be making dinner and I'll be sitting in the kitchen and I'll just hear him put on thunder and I'm like, hold on, am I supposed to be paying attention to this? Like, is this a thing? And he's like, no, I'm just watching for fun. Like, since when do we watch thunder for fun? Well, it's also just for additional context, make sure that nothing happens because it seems like thunder is where they're announcing the pay-per-view matches now. Which is annoying. But today, we're talking about the March 13th, 2000 WW Monday Nitro go-home show for Uncensored. Did it feel like a go-home show to you? No. Okay. It didn't. It also made me realize that I don't think anyone knows what the word uncensored means. No, there were a couple of different definitions thrown out there. And usually we don't define the name of pay-per-view. So the fact that they're trying to define it, it's making it a little bit more awkward. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's going to be uncensored tonight. What, is Hulk Hogan going to pull his dick out? Isn't that what Mark Madden said? Didn't he say that at some point? What, about Hulk Hogan pulling his dick out? He said something about somebody being naked on commentary at one point. Oh, I don't know. I think I think I heard that. But no, we don't have too much to chat about going into this show. Uh, the attendance was just under 6,000. I don't have the paid numbers, but still not great. Not many. And the show did a 2.6 to Raw's 6.3. Yikes. So, double it, and then add, an, add an, another point. Good lord. Let's get into this show. We start with Ric Flair apologizing to Lex Luger for Arn Anderson's behavior on Thunder. Basically, he didn't want to join Team Package. Yeah, I don't understand why that's bad behavior. He then says, I guess I wasn't following this. Yeah, he then says, I'm done with that old truck. But then the rest of the segment is, well, he's going to join Team right. Package, right? See, this is what I was confused by. <laughs> yeah. Because the whole, the whole thing was like, I'm going to get Arn to apologize. Which, like, that I can get on board with. Like, if he acted a fool on Thunder, yeah, get him to apologize. I get that. And then it's like... After he apologizes, I'm going to get him to join our team. I thought you hated this guy. I thought you were done with this guy. I'm confused. Yes, I, I've noticed more and more that when there's a contradiction on Nitro, you get confused and I get angry. <laughs> I don't allow myself to get angry anymore because it is what it is. Like, nothing. I've told you this a couple times, but nothing surprises me anymore. Yeah. It's just when they're saying the words out loud and they don't hear the words that they're saying, it's like, guys. Speaking of not hearing the words that you're saying... Lex Luger notes that he has Henning tonight. Again, that man's name is Kurt Hedig. There's not a second... Sorry, there is a second N. There's not a third N. I didn't hear this as much as you did all... Because you were yeah. saying, like, oh, it's egregious through the whole episode. I think I heard it, like, once. I, I think everyone... I think Gene even says it at one point. I did not even notice. But yeah, so tonight it's Lex Luger versus Kurt Hedig. Which, now now that I've pointed out, I need to make sure I do not slip up at any point. Because you've said it, too. It's an easy thing to slip on. But Luger's happy to hear Flair's words, and then tonight, Arn will also be Team Package. I'm like, wait, no, you don't he, seem to like him. Why do you want though. him in the group? Yeah, this just, like, if he joins your group, won't he just sabotage you? Because he doesn't want to be there? Welcome to any new member of the Wyatt family. I just don't understand. 
We didn't get an abridged Nitro opening and then the opening pyro, and it took so long for them to go into the pyro. I'm like, oh god, are we are we not doing that anymore? Are we are we slashing the budget? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, and then it popped in. I'm like, okay, no. the pyro budget is probably pretty high. They're losing so much money; they have to calm it down at some point. For a couple years, like late 2010s, WWE was like, yeah, we're not doing pyro anymore. I wonder why. Just because of budget? Yeah. Yeah. That's when they went into the laser shows. Tony notes that they're on the way to spring breakout. I'm like, I mean, uncensored. Spring break. Uncensored, you know, more important than first, so. Nah. But it's Tony Schiavone and Mark Madden on commentary. I know I have a couple of Mark Madden notes. I assume you do as well. I have more Tony notes. Because Tony does not give a fuck about this show. I think it doesn't help that he sat next to Mark Madden. No. We get Ric Flair headed to the ring. He calls Providence a godforsaken part of the world. It's just such an easy... Well, you I've never been to Providence. This just feels like an easy heel on any city, but you've yeah. been to Providence. How do you? How, what do you think about Providence? Because I feel like you said it was cute. Did, wasn't this the city that had like the cute little downtown that you were like, oh, you should come with me and go to coffee shops? No, that was Cape May, New Jersey. Oh. I really no, thought it was Providence. Providence was absolutely fine. Call their tourism website. Providence. It's fine. <laughs> well, we got back from our honeymoon. That's pretty much what like Sonoma was. It was like, Sonoma. It's fine. It's, it's fine. Go go up the road a bit. There's better stuff. It's fine. So Ric Flair is here to confront Arn Anderson, and then the Horseman theme hits. Still slaps. It does. I mean, it's never not slapped. The Horseman theme hits, and we don't cut to Arn for a little bit, so I was actually confused if he was actually out on the ramp or not. I'm like... I think he took a little time to get to the ramp. Because it just cuts to anything. He's there like, yeah. after Flair talks for a bit, and I'm like... Because Flair's like, the women still want us? This is another part that was really confusing. He said there are 4,000 women here holding their breath because they basically we're they still, still sexy. want the horsemen. Like, yeah. the horsemen have been dead for, like, over a year now. Yeah. Basically, the horsemen are dead. Long live team package. Mm, pass. From the stage, Arn says that anyone else would be honored for the offer to join, join team package. And he then says the four horsemen became myth because they worked their ass off and not because they took shortcuts. I'm like, bud, you existed to help Ric Flair take shortcuts for the first, like, ten years of existence. What the fuck this are you talking about? history is wild. Yeah. Arn Anderson, oh, I was never a heel. It's like, you were one of the most despicable heels in wrestling for a nah, couple years. Nah, that wasn't me. You must be mistaken. You must be wrong. Arn says the path with Luger is headed for destruction, and he won't be Flair's crutch anymore when it all comes crashing down. Yes, he will. Like, let's be honest. We know that Arn's going to be there. Arn's always there. It doesn't even matter what story it is. I don't think anymore. I, I think we've talked about this. I think just like, I don't know. I don't believe it. They're going to finish this storyline with Team Package, and he's going to team back up with Arn somehow. I don't know. Arn then says that Flair's hardest match is this Sunday. I'm like, yeah? Really? The Yappa Pie strap? Ugh, I'm not excited. Flair gets pissed and tells Arn to get in the ring. Instead, Arn calls out Hulk Hogan, which leaves Flair incensed. It's like, what? How dare you? Hogan then tells Flair to shut up. And Arn says in six days, they find out who the man is. And I'm like, um, Hogan's record against Flair, it's not spotless, but it's pretty fucking close. Yeah. Outside of Charles Robinson blatantly cheating, I'm like, I don't know if Flair has beaten Hogan before. I don't expect that to change this weekend. I don't know. I mean, Hulk Hogan went on radio interviews and said he's not doing any more jobs. So I don't know what make you think that he's going to win. Yeah, you know what? You're right. Arn tells Hogan that he doesn't have to worry about him on Sunday. He's taking himself out of the situation and heads to the back, which further infuriates Rick. He's taking himself out of the whole damn match. The whole damn shooting match. The whole damn shooting match. You're right. It's not going to be a shoot. 
if the match later on on this card has like is <laughs> any indication of what this match is going to be at uncensored, this isn't going to be anywhere near a shoot. This is going to be Hogan throwing punches from one corner and Flair selling it on the opposite. Yeah, it's not going to be British strong style. No. Hogan then says, for 20 years, Flair has needed Arn and Hogan has been the man in this industry. And then I have a quote from Hogan because his thought process kind of falls apart in the middle of a sentence. When I strap this python to your jet-flying, limousine-riding, wheelin'-dealin', peroxided, you-know-what, brother. The python is his arm. Yes, it's not his penis. It's not his 10-inch penis. And he's strapping his arm to Flair's penis? I don't think he had an end of that sentence and just, <laughs> brother, help. <laughs> That's my boy. Hogan then says the fans don't want to wait until Sunday. And then uh, he gets stomped getting the ring, but immediately gains the advantage. Until Luger runs in, hits Hogan with a baseball bat across the shoulders. And then Flair hits Hogan with the weightlifting belt, aka the strap. The yappa pie strap. To not much of a reaction. Did you notice this? Yeah. The crowd was like, okay. This was a really bad showing to me from Hogan. Like, this was a bad showing from Hogan. It says a lot if you start a match. If you are the one that, like runs into the ring and is like, we're having a match now, brother. And then you get beat down and fucked up and sent to the hospital. Sorry, spoilers. Like, that looks bad on you. Especially if you're Hulk fucking Hogan. I did laugh at him getting WCW'd. Just like, get in the ring, immediate stomps. Oh, yeah. Roll in, fetal position. That said, Arn continues to be the effective adult in the room. I I liked his promo here. He did a similar promo on Thunder that I liked better, Mm -hmm. but... Yeah, I like just the... Arn's just disappointed, Dad. Yeah. Like, my fucking kids... Yeah, and I'm like, all right, we'll see if this goes anywhere. I don't think it's going to, at least on Sunday. I think he actually is out of the match. And I don't know if this will be followed up on, considering the timeline we have going forward. I doubt it. Yeah, it is funny to kind of see the stuff they're setting up for the future. And I'm like, ooh, we'll we'll see. I don't know if that's going to happen. What future? Well, I'm saying for like next month. And it's like, to quote The Rock, the balance of power in the universe is about to shift. Yeah, because we don't have very long until Russo Part 2, right? April 10th. Woof. Less than a month. Woof, woof, woof. We're also nearing the uh, the one year mark to the death. Ooh. Like literally like two weeks. Yikes. Then we're in the final year. They have 54 weeks left of content. Yeah. Yikes. Oh yeah, Hogan was very much on autopilot for this yeah. whole segment and I can't say the match excites me for this Sunday. Oh, absolutely not. I'm not looking forward to it in the slightest. I think it's going to be a shit match because I don't think that Hogan knows how to wrestle. And I think they're just going to throw the strap at each other. And I think that Flair is going to cower on the floor like a little bitch. Like he does. Like, well, they're going to be strapped to each other. So he can only cower on the floor so much. So he does this move where he gets on his knees and like. Yeah, he begs off. I hate that move. No. He does. He goes to that move too often. He literally does it like once a match. Yeah. I feel like it's more. Recently, I've noticed it a lot more often, and every time he does it, I'm like, fucking this again? Get up. You're Ric Flair. Get up. Back from commercial, Tony throws to Ricky Rackman at Brown University. They said, next up is Florida State, and I'm like, oh, there's more people here this week, but that's because you're in a public bar. Yeah, they're not on, like, a university bar. Yeah, as opposed to their own private thing, which they throw to in a second, and it's like, oh, your own private event did not produce good numbers. (laughs) I feel like... I, th- I definitely said this last time. I, re- I wrote down what I thought it was. I thought we had th- we saw the exact same segment from the last time they did this with the inflatables and shit. But it is the same segment, just in a different location. Yes, a thousand I feel percent. like it's shot for shot, too. It's pretty close. 
someone's jousting, someone's on bouncy balls, girls are dancing. Like, it's the same shit. Yeah, there's three count, disco, and the nitro girls. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess Spice was there for the first time. Spice is, like, trying her hand at, like, kind of being a co-host. She's trying to be, like, next to Ricky whenever he's on the mic. She's there. So they present another $3,000 check, which just seems to be going around. I think that's what triggered me of, like, I've seen this before because you made the comment last time of, well, like, that it's was only $3,000. That was for a hospital. They didn't even say what this one was for. Oh. This might have been, like, like a contest winner. That's true. We can get Tony and Mark checking into camera and they talk Hogan's condition. Do you ever notice that Mark Madden just looks like an old sleepy dog? I don't think he looks like a sleepy dog. I think Tony looks more like a sleepy dog, if anything. No, like an old basset hound, Mark Madden kind of looks like. I, I, I saw it a little, look for it next episode, because okay. the man is just disheveled enough to look. He's trying a lot harder than Tony is to, like, be there and be a presence. Yeah, a little too hard. We'll, we'll yes. get to that a couple points. Tony talks up tonight's show before throwing to backstage where Jimmy Hart urges Hogan to get checked out. It's like, no, you're injured. You just got to take a baseball bat to, like, the shoulder. God bless Jimmy Hart. Get him in the ambulance. Which, I still want to know what that baseball bat is actually made of. Because, like, they are fully swinging it. I wonder if it is wood. I wonder if they're just, like, committing. No. They, you would hurt somebody so badly. If maybe it's, like, like children's wood. You know, maybe it's, like, a, a, a lighter plywood. Like, I assume the kids' bats are not as, like, titanium steel as adult bats. The kids' bats and adult bats are 99% the same. There shouldn't be any difference. But shouldn't they be, like, lighter weight? I mean... I mean, yeah. Bats come in all different sizes and weights, so... I just assume that, Not a perfect metric, but... I did have the thought for the first time this week where every now and again I would see, like, a wiffle ball bat that was designed to look like wood, and I'm like, is that it? Are they just using a plastic wiffle ball bat? I think that if it was plastic, it would have broken by now, and we would have noticed it. Like the um the piece of plywood that Jim Duggan had. Oh God, I forgot I about that. I think that it would kind of fall apart that like fucking that. Rubber. Yeah. yeah, it would dent in some way. If it's plastic, they're yeah. hitting it hard enough that it would. We would know. We'll get more of Hogan later. Let's go to our first match of the night. It's three count versus a new team in the Young Dragons. Spell with a J. No, I've mentioned them. We mm-hmm. saw Kazayashi. I want to say last week, and they mentioned the Young Dragons, and I went. There's no way. That isn't just Asian men. And I was incorrect, because it's not just Asian it's men. It's our boy. Well, it's... <laughs> Jamie-san. Did you notice that? Yes, I'm I'm aware. So I saw that. I was like, I know you. The Young Dragons are Kaz Hayashi, Jimmy Wang Yang, and Jamie Noble. <laughs> Jamie Noble. Jamie-san. <laughs> Jamie-san. <laughs> they didn't even try. No. But... To, to disguise the fact that he is not Asian, they gave him a, a yeah like, like, like a Green Hornet style mask. It's, it's more like As You Wish, like yes, Princess Bride. I, yeah. <laughs> I, which also, I'm like, they gave him something loose that I feel like will fully slide off at some point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Three Count does most of their entrance, but it's interrupted. I love them. Oh, which ones? Three Count. <laughs> I love Three Count. I think they're great. We had a nice spin kick from Yang, who it's like, I'm aware becomes Jimmy Wang Yang, but I couldn't tell you anything else about his WWE run. I just don't like that name. He was an Asian cowboy. Yeah, he, I don't like that. He was that one guy from, um, uh, from, from Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, from Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> does he cry a lot? No, he does not. Uh, Madden notes that Jamie is wearing a Zorro mask. And I'm like, yeah. You yeah, know. that's another way to put it. Hurricane Rana and Diving Crossbody from, from the Young Dragons and... They do a lot of kung fu posing, for lack of a better term. Yeah. We get a super kick and then a missile drop kick, Russian leg sweep combo from three count. Double clothesline and both men are down, which uh, starts a very frenetic sequence. 
Ooh, good word. Kaz tags in, throws more to the floor, and then hits a spinning dive to the floor over the top. Evan Courageous then vaults Shane Helms onto Kaz and more on the floor. Jamie Noble then topes over an Ever Courageous, but no one's ready to catch him on the floor, so he kind of crashes and burns a little bit. Evan Courageous then hits a springboard crossbody onto everyone, and then more like loops back around, does the same with a springboard moonsault from the, from the apron. Like, Jesus. Everyone's just flying just dive around. After dive, after dive, after dive, dive, fly, jump, splash. It's great. Moore throws Jamie in the ring, and Jamie hits a superplex, and then both men are hit for, are hit from dives from the top rope. But then the pins are broken up with more dives. Just diving. Everyone's diving. Look in the sky. They're flying through it. Kaz and Evan Gray just go to the floor. We get a sleeper slam from Shannon Moore on Jamie, which gets the pin. This was a really fun match to watch. Yeah, where did this come from? <laughs> Would you believe it? The two teams of the cruiserweights that are going to do high-flying flippy match types. I love. Come on. A hot, fun, high-flying opener to excite the crowd? Groundbreaking. There was a lot of high-flying moves. It was coupled with very fast-paced action. Like, there was not a... There was no lull in this match. Yeah. This is what I want in wrestling. Honestly, it was very... Not one sleeper hold. Yeah, well, it was a sleeper slam at the end, but... Slam! That's a slam! (laughs) Very ECW in that, where it's like, no, fuck your psychology, just... Just go. Just bam, 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 bam. Yeah, this was a lot of fun, and, um... I didn't have the highest hopes going into this, but I was like, I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, I did. As soon as like this this match was announced, who was in it, I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. Three count puts on fun matches. I haven't been like fully disappointed by a three count match that's been given the time of day. Oh, they mentioned it later, but apparently, I guess during one of the dives or something, um, Shane Helms breaks his nose. Uh, yeah, I noticed. Well, I didn't notice him break his nose, but I yeah. heard it in commentary later. So we'll see more of uh, three count a little later. Also, if you don't follow Shane Helms on Twitter, do it. He's a fun follow. Backstage, Luger says that Flair doesn't need Arn, and then Flair just cannot form a thought in time for them to cut away. <laughs> just cut off. I just wish I gave even like a little bit of a shit about the team package story. I know. I could not care less than how, anything. How much of it is the fact that it's called team package? I don't care about Miss Elizabeth. I don't care about Lex Luger. Flair is getting old. Hogan, I don't give a shit about. I don't care about this match. Yeah, even Liz is being put on the back burner too. It's like... I don't even think Liz wants to be there. She doesn't look like she's having fun anymore. Elsewhere backstage, R. Anderson is leaving and runs into Kurt Hedig. Arn says he doesn't recognize this business anymore. It's I'm like, going to yeah. go. I'm going home to my kids. Yeah. He's like, where are you going? I'm go hang out with my kids. Like, All right. Good dad, Arn. Sandman still wins for best dad. At least Arn Anderson's wife is okay. That's true. We assume. <laughs> she didn't get thrown through a table. <laughs> Poor Lori. Arn Anderson's going to go home, see, see Steve Carino leaving. One down, one no. whore down, one no. to go. Oh my god. Poor Lori. I hope she's okay. Uh, they say next up is going to be Bam Bam Bigelow versus The Wall, but we have two pit stops before them. Pit stop. We have a Randy Savage Slim Jim ad, which... Beef. I, I like to uh, I like to think this is actually a live shot, and it, it explains why we aren't seeing Randy He's Savage on TV. He's He just keeps saying, beef. And then we get, backstage, El Dandy and Silver King go being through creepy. some fan mail. They're just being creepy. <laughs> they didn't start creepy. They were just going through fan mail. I'm not giving him a pass for this. Just because we love El Dandy does not mean he gets a pass for being creepy. Emily, are you doubting El Dandy? Yes, I am. Who are you to doubt El Dandy? I'm sorry. He does not excite my groin. Spoilers. Because Miss Hancock comes in and she's like, wow, is all this mail for you? And Silver King's like, yeah, we're actually a big deal in Mexico. I know WCW doesn't use us, but we're a big deal in Mexico. And we're Latin America's most desirable men. And then El Dandy says something in Spanish, 
And she's like, what? And he goes, do we not excite your groin? And then she scoffs and stomps off. Like, that's well, the creepiest way you can say that. Yeah. Well, he says, do we not excite your groin? She says, do you not, do you not excite my groin? And then Mark Madden, did they say excite my loins? No, they didn't. No, Open your they did fucking not. ears. Same idea, though. Same. Yeah, but when they said it twice, I'm like, Mark. It was just gross. <laughs> I I thought it was just a, a dumb little line. It's dumb, but I was just like, that's the grossest way you can say that. Oh, yeah. Ugh. We then get The Wall versus Bam Bam Bigelow, kinda. I don't want to watch this. The Wall sets up a table at ringside, so Bam Bam runs up and blindsides him. Commentary notes that Hogan has gone to a local hospital. We get a cutaway of Hogan like being put into the ambulance mid-match. Mid, mid-match is relative. Because the match had started. <laughs> the fact that this is a match at all is like, what is it? Yes, it's a it match. is, but it's not. This is a match. The wall handcuffs Bam Bam Bigelow turnbuckle and immediately like, DQ. <laughs> it's like, all right. So you attack the guy at ringside and the first second you got into the ring, DQ. So that being said, the Hogan cutaway is almost exactly mid-match because the match started Fair and no the match fair. ended. So I'm right. Fair. So Bam Bam is handcuffed to the turnbuckle as we see David Flair and Crowbar in neck braces kind of like lurking out. When did they get put in neck braces? They keep getting destroyed by the wall for like... I don't remember the neck brace. I mean, they, they got put on a stretcher and loaded into ambulances, so... Ah, so neck brace. <laughs> Sure. Crowbar goes in to hit the wall with with the steel pipe, and they miscommunicate something here because he gets close and moves incredibly slow and immediately no. sells the neck. Yes. So I think but, that Crowbar deserves a fucking Emmy because he is selling his little ass off. But here's the problem. I get that from Crowbar. The wall sells it like a real shot. So oh, one I, of them, I was looking at yeah, Crowbar. one of them missed it. Where either he wasn't supposed to hold back. Or he was, and the wall should have just turned around like, what the fuck was that? I was only looking at Crowbar. The wall sells it to the point where he turns around and is like, you have to hit me again. (laughs) So Crowbar has to basically do the same thing again. Like, all right. No, Crowbar is such a good actor when it comes to wrestling. He can sell anything. He... He deserves all the awards. Can, this man can, is so good. He can sell a pay-per-view. Put him on commentary. Put him on commentary. He can sell it. Give him an injury. He'll sell it. Give him a match. He'll sell it. He's doing great. And he does not get enough love. And I love this man. Wall hits a big boot and falls over. <laughs> you big galoot. I just could not give less of a shit about Wall. He's so nothing to me. He then takes Crowbar's neck brace off and hits a choke slam. David comes in and hits the wall with a crowbar. The the object, not the man. And then he gets his neck brace pulled off and gets choke slam. Like yes, Wall choke slams David right on his fucking tailbone. Like David did not take that yeah, flat at no. all. Bam Bam looks on helpless. The Wall then lays crowbar on the table at ringside and choke slams David from the apron through crowbar and the table. I love that. But it broke so daintily. It just, I like, loved that spot though. I yeah. thought that was awesome. Oh, yeah. honestly, it was just the fact that the table just kind of like plopped. Well, it was yeah, or they took away from table. it, but yeah. I don't think that takes away from it. It was still a really cool spot. I mean, look, they're doing a good job making the wall look like a monster. But he's so boring. Yeah. What is his gimmick? He's big. He's the wall, brother. No, I, I'm not giving him props. I I don't find him to be intimidating. I don't see him as a threat, really. He's just a nothing. The wall hits a few more shots on Bam Bam before leaving. Bam Bam being like locked up to the turnbuckle, just yelling, get me a key. Like, yeah. it just made me giggle. So, yeah, they keep having the wall kill David and Crowbar, but the match on Sunday is going to be with Bam Bam. and Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah. Why aren't we... If we're doing the wall 
and we're going to continue him beating up Crowbar and David. Why don't we do like a handicap match of Crowbar and David versus the wall and finally have them get their comeuppance? I mean, the way you do this is you have the wall beat Bam Bam. You have him elevate up the card a little bit so that when David and Crowbar come back, you're able to elevate them by beating the wall. The wall is already, like, at the top of the card. They have elevated the wall. The wall is elevated. Okay. I don't care about him. I think he's a bad wrestler and it's a bad gimmick, but he is elevated up the card. So, if if he faced Hogan, you think he has a shot? No, but I think if he faced Flair, there might be something there. Okay. I don't think anybody has a shot against Hogan right now. Hogan is the fucking golden boy. He's not losing a match to anyone. Fair. We're going to get Jeff Jarrett coming out to the ring with the Harris boys and the ladies. Yeehaw, NWOs. I did write, I'm, I'm going to guess he sends the ladies to the back. Oh, but it was almost a fake out. Well, he stops the Harris boys from sending them to the back. He's going to be the good guy tonight. Like, no, he sent them to the back. Side. Yeah. Talk about a gimmick I don't give a shit about. I hate to tell you, he's uh, he's around. And especially if we I do, just have nothing Especially that if we like, do TNA. I have nothing that I look forward to on these shows anymore. Like, what teams am I rooting for? Kidman. But he's with Booker and even that's not even that fun anymore. I want him to be back with Ray. Yeah, Ray's still hurt. I know. So Jarrett taunts the crowd and says he's going to win in six days because he's beaten Sid three times. He has some footage, and then but has to narrate over it. Like, come on, have some have some post production. What are you doing? What are you doing, Mark? Narrating over your own hype package, fucking Mark. It's just a compilation of him hitting and pinning Sid. Jared says he's going to be oozing in gold after Sunday. He kind of catches himself of like, oh, wait, no, I already have a belt. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a, a, even more gold. I just have such a hard time paying attention when Jeff Jarrett's on my TV screen. I just, he he comes on and I look down. I'm just like, ugh, let me catch up on my notes here real quick. Jared then books the Harris Brothers, which the Harris Brothers this week. I know it changes week to Harris week. Harris Boys, Harris Brothers, Harris Twins. Yeah. Pick one. Big There's, John and the fucking, what are John's names? not... It's John, or Ron and Don. Ron and Don. And they, they've they already... It was, Big Ron. I think it was like Big Ron and Heavy D or something. Yeah. They, they bailed on that this week. Stupid. But yeah, it's going to be the Harris Brothers versus Sid and a partner of Sid's choosing. And uh, as Sid is coming out, Mark Madden has a line that I can't decide if it's clever or not about the video package that Jared showed. He goes, I might watch that alone with my baby tonight, which is the, the name of Jared's WWF theme song. It was a whole like country western gimmick where he supposedly sang that song, and then it was revealed later that no, actually Road Dog sang the song. I'm not gonna give Mark Madden props. It was one of those where he clearly had that one in the chamber for like who knows how long. He's trying too hard to be funny. Yeah, and it's not coming off well. Sid comes out. He shouts. He says he's gonna rip Jarrett's mouth eight feet wide and something something slap nuts right in. I'm like what? <laughs> Even Mark Bowden was like, what? There was some line about daring you to stick that slap nut face in my match. Oh, that's... Is that what you're talking no, about? No, that's, that's later. That's later, okay. Also, during that moment, we hear like one note of a song play. I did not. I don't even know if it's the person who comes out in a second, but he was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Sid then says that Jerry has never had his number, but there's one number he should keep in mind. Contrary to popular belief, it's not 22. 22! <laughs> No, it's uh, it's nine one one. Well, we know we have ambulances on standby. Well, the problem is, are they available? No, they're there for Hogan. Sid says he'd be fine fighting the Harris brothers by himself, but a lot of people want to kick their ass, and Vampiro has answered the call. And this is where Vampiro begs Jarrett, stick that slap nut face in his match. <laughs> okay. Yeah, got him. Boom, roasted. Oh, we, we 
We'll, we'll get some more Vampiro later and have some things to say. Will we? I do. So we have a match for later, not the main event, because that's for Hogan. Of course. Although that match isn't even set yet. Nope. But you know Timmy Hogan. You know he's not actually at the hospital. Backstage, Crowbar is, is on a gurney and is, and is already in the ambulance. And then David's just like walking in. And I'm like, didn't you guys get like the same exact amount of punishment? Shouldn't you Crowbar both is a professional. He knows how to sell. David doesn't know how to sell. He couldn't sell a used car on a lemon lot. So Bam Bam Bigelow challenges the, the wall to a match uncensored. And I'm like, didn't you just have a match with him that didn't go well? And then one of those, you didn't think the words out before you said them. You want to pick on people that can't defend themselves? Then pick on me. So, so you can't defend yourself? can't defend himself. Okay. It, it seems like the match is going to be no DQ, but it was kind of vague. Yeah. But that whole promo, I'm, I'm shocked you heard it. Yes. That, yeah. This is an ongoing theme of the night where somebody will do a promo to camera and the music from the person who's in the ring is just playing over it just too loud so you can't hear the person doing the promo. The one thing with that is we never know how much of Sid's theme is dubbed, so I they sometimes hold on that and like don't fade properly. That's still like... Yeah. I, Th- that might be a peacock It's still thing. a problem. Oh, yeah. I didn't hear a word that he said. I didn't hear any of that. Then you get Mean Gene with Harlem Heat 2000. Gene notes that it's Stevie Ray versus Disco for tonight, and uh, Harlem Heat's going to face Booker T. No, not, not Booker T. Oh, I almost got sued. Whoop. Booker and Kidman on Sunday. Stevie says that Kidman can't trust Booker, and Jay Biggs calls Booker a snake. A snake. And then pulls a face. You know what's kind of sad? If Stevie Ray were to win this match, 4x4 couldn't clap for him. They are just calling him Cash now. The man is a house. He is not Cash. He is he is the whole ass mortgage. <laughs> No, that implies he's worth something. <laughs> and as I look at him, I'm like, what if, like, your pocket was inside out and you had to stick it back in your pants? What would you do? <laughs> How does he get his shirt off at night? Does he just rip it and just, like, <laughs> every day is a new shirt? How does he get it on? This is why he had to join Harlem 2000. He needed the help. <laughs> oh, he needed buddies. <laughs> we didn't get a Brian Knobs. Don't try this at home. It's not Don't Try This at Home. It's Leave the Rough Stuff to Us. It was like a back-to-school promo, kind of. Yeah. But it's March. It's not back-to-school season. Why is he doing a back-to-school promo in March? We didn't get the Nitro Girls. Kind of. Yeah. Remember how Stacy Stacy was supposed to join the Nitro Girls? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that whole search. I'm like, oh, never mind. We have a vignette of Paul Orndorff trying to sign bodybuilders. We've seen this before. We we didn't see Paul Orndorff signing the guy. We just saw a recap we, and saw a clip of the guy. But the whole thing at the very beginning where they're at the, 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 the Arnold Classic. competition. Yeah, the Arnold Classic. We've seen that clip before. Yes. We, we didn't see the ending part where he signed the guy, but we saw the whole beginning part. It, it was the same premise, but it was differently cut. Because Paul Orndorff was not it's there. It's the same day. Yeah. yeah. So they're trying, I'm like, oh, they're trying to sign that guy with a massive arm. I fucking hate him. He's so his name is Big Jakes. Disgusting. He has 28 inch biceps. Gross. I did note that um, Mike Tanay noted the largest arms in the world. I'm like, hmm, you have somebody who bragged that they had the largest arms in the world on the roster. Hmm. Is it four by four? No, it, well, it I, should be. Fucking Mike, his arms might be bigger. No, it's Scott Steiner. He says that all the time. Oh, four by four is bigger than Scott Steiner. Yeah. So, it definitely seems like they've signed the guy, because he's like, what do you know about the power plant? He's like, I, um, I've heard of it. Liar. I've never, I wrote, I've never heard of this guy, so I assume he's shit. Yeah, his arms are too big. What's he gonna do? I could find virtually nothing on this guy. 
from all accounts, it seems like they gave him a tryout. And, like, after, like, one day, they're like, no, we can't do anything with you. The only move he can do is a clothesline. Yeah. That's it. He can't even pin the guy. Yeah. Yeah, Big Jake's not coming to a screen near you. No. Let's go to our next match. We get Billy Kidman with, oh, I <laughs> I guess, unintentional slip. I wrote with Stacy. No, with Tori. Wow. How dare you? And Booker versus the newly named Lane and Rave. Absolutely not. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't do another set of names for these guys. It's Lenny and Lodi. That's it. The end. I'm not changing my fucking name for these two. No. Ugh, Lane coming out. Where no. are the Rizats? No. Where are the Rizats? Do they and, got Riz? Um, do Lenny and Lodi have Riz? No. <laughs> Both Mark Madden and Tony Schiavone end up uttering the phrase, they're about loose women and failed gimmicks. Okay, see, this is my problem. They keep changing their names every two weeks. How are you supposed to, like, market yourselves if you're changing your fucking name every two weeks? They want rats. That's not... that. I'm saying, like, as people, how do the people know what to call you if you keep changing your name every two weeks? You know, I'm realizing that they could have done a funny gimmick if they had one of these shows in Baltimore. Like, we're looking for rats. You're so focused on the rats. I'm so focused on the names. The names really bother me. Well, Stacy comes out immediately, who I guess technically she's Miss Hancock. We just keep calling her Stacy. Okay, so you're fine with that, but you're not fine with me calling them Lenny and Lodi? Technically, she doesn't even be called Stacy outside of the, the Nitro Girls segment. But, okay, so then why aren't you just calling her Miss Hancock? Because I know. No, you give me so much shit for not keeping up with the names of Lenny and Lodi and Lane and Riz and Rave and whatever in the fuck. You call her Stacy every week. Technically, he's still the total package, too. We just gave up on that. But why are you so hell-bent on Lenny and Lodi? Because I care less about them. Then why are you dying on their hill? Lane flails a bunch to start. I'm heated. Not because of this match, because of you. Rebound Bulldog to Kidman, and uh, Madden tells Stacy he'd like her to sit on his lap. Gross. Neckbreaker from Kidman, and Stacy says that uh, El Dandy and Silver King are not it. She's right. That was gross. I don't blame her. Don't sign them. And then she says she has eyes on Billy Kidman. Ooh, now there's going to be a fucking catfight match between Stacy and Tori, and... That's going to be the whole storyline. Like, I can already see the writing in the... <sighs> Writing's on the wall there. The ref turns around too early and sees some blatant double-team action from Lane and Rave. It's like, oh, okay. Yep. I don't even know hey, which stop one's that. Lane and which one's Rave. Well, Lane didn't change his name. I Outside never knew which name. one was Lane. Lenny, Lenny Lane. Which one was Lenny? Chris Jericho here. Okay. <laughs> Tori comes over to Stacy just to be like, hey. Back the fuck off. Keep it in your fucking pants. Don't even think about it. Kidman counters a top rope dive with a drop kick as we go back to the match for a second. Because the match, not a focus here. No, which is unfortunate. Because I'm like, I just want to watch the match. I don't want to watch these girls argue over a guy. Yeah, like we've actually been noting that like, oh, Kidman's barely been doing anything no. in the last like month. And here he actually is doing stuff and we're not seeing it. Uh. The ref misses the tag to Booker, which is like, you know, it seems like that's just one of those spots of like, oh no, we're going to build up a hot tag again. So then Rave interferes in the ref's eyeline again. Booker then just moves the ref and cleans house. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I guess it's fine. I'm just over it. I'm mad. I'm over it. I can't. Yeah. And the ref just like stops protesting there. Like, oh, okay. I guess, yeah, I'm, my bad. Why are the refs even here? Bookend to rave, scissor kick to lane, and get a spin rooney of Mark Madden screaming it. I feel like that's going to make you hate the spin rooney even more. I mean, they kind of do that in WWE, too. They yell, spin rooney we get a Harlem sidekick, and Booker goes up to the top rope to hit a missile dropkick, but Kidman rolls up lane before Booker can do the move and wins. Technically speaking, per the referee, Kidman was the legal man, so that is his pin to get. 
well commentary doesn't note that though who gives a fuck about the ref the ref's not doing anything it's not like they were keeping track of the tags Booker isn't thrilled, and there's a little argument, and Booker storms the back, because he's like, what the fuck? Like, I was set up, like, I was going to win the match, and then... We have another team that Booker T is part of that is falling apart. Did you catch what Tony said WCW stands for? We can't work together. We can't work together sometimes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get the sometimes, I guess, but yeah. Um, the match was barely focused on. I did like the finish, because I feel like that's not something you see all that often, where it's like... like Oh, no, we still won, but, like... You kind of stole after me. me What the fuck? Yeah. Usually that's like a, oh, Kibben got pinned while Booker was trying something. It's like, no, they still won. And they're like, you know, it's like, "Mm, little trouble in paradise. I liked it. Dissension. I'm just tired of the dissension with Booker. Like, just let the man be a wrestler. Yeah. Let him be singles. Let him move up the card. Stop burying him in these shitty storylines. Just let him be. He could be your top guy if you allow him to be. Yeah. Come the summer. Let's move on to Kurt Hennig versus the Total Package with Elizabeth. As they're hyping up the pay-per-view match of Luger versus Sting with the uh, Lumberjack cast match, Mark Madden might give a spoiler. Yeah. In which he's like, oh, Luger should, uh, you know, basically recruit the heels to just put on cast. Because it's not a broken arm match, it's a cast match. And I'm like, I feel like that would have been a fun twist for Sunday. And I feel like you just told me what was going to happen. Stop You're giving a lot of credit to people listening to Mark Madden, though. Yeah, fair. Oh, and then um, there was a scathing sign in the crowd. The WWF sign? No. Uh, a child was holding a sign that said, Lex Loser. Oh, fucking, got him. Fucking got him. God, get wrecked, nerd. Well, more Mark Madden notes. Um, yeah, see, you you listen to him way more than I do. You're the well, only person listening like, to Mark Madden. Have you noticed we get easily distracted by attractive women at ringside? We should probably uh, take a cold shower during the commercial breaks. Right. Not together, though. Not, not not like that. No homo, bro. No homo. Before anything even happens in this match, backstage, Hulk Hogan has stolen an ambulance. With, like, the help of Jimmy Hart. Jimmy is, like, ushering him back into the, the parking lot or whatever, into the arena. Yeah. He's headed towards the ring as Kurt Hennig makes his entrance. And I'm like, why would you show me that? He, like, basically, that screams, don't pay attention to this match because it's not going to end... No, this pissed me off, and I'll tell you why later. Okay. But then Mark Madden and Tony argue about, has Hogan actually stolen an ambulance? Because it certainly seems that way. Or did he just, like, bribe a guy to drive him back? Well, Tony says stolen to start with, and Mark Madden's like, yeah, he stole it. Tony's like, no, he commandeered it. He's like, you just said he stole it. That's the same thing. And I think Madden has the line later. It's like, ah, yes, public servants are often giving out ambulances for free. It's like... (laughs) Yeah, he's got don't a point. Hulk Hogan just stole an ambulance. He commandeered it. Or he just paid a guy to drive him back. No, he got out of the driver's seat. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, match starts. Big Luger noises in this one, like more so than oh usual. And he's also looking like beefy, but also, did you notice that he's looking like old? The, Lex Luger's you, face. You kind of just described Lex Luger to me. Lex Luger's face is just looking extra aged. Like he's just been having a rough go of it, you know? I mean, that could have just been a bad tanning kind of look. I, maybe. It's just, it looks like his face has seen some years. High knee from Hennig and a neck snap. My high knee. Luger works Hennig over in the corner. Then Flair interferes and the ref calls for a D- DQ as he grabs a strap. So Hogan didn't even interfere in this match. No. So why the fuck did they show us him getting back to the arena to start this match if he wasn't uh, yeah. going to interfere? I, like, it, it should have been shown. It should have been Hogan coming in. Yeah. Or you have Flair interfere and then you show and Hogan then- arriving. Yes, yes, that would have been better. Because he's here to make the save. Yes, I agree with that. 
Hogan's music hits and he runs down with, with another strap in the heels bail. After hot dogging for a couple minutes, Hogan has a mic and he challenges Team Package to a tag team main event. Hold on, before we get into his promo and everything here, um, can you remind me why Hogan went to the hospital? Oh, his shoulder. His shoulder was hurt. Yes. So, when you have an injured shoulder, does that affect how you walk? <laughs> Apparently. The man ran down the ramp to the ring with a limp. As if he hurt his leg, even though he was at the hospital for his shoulder. I think if you're going to sell the shoulder when you're running, you run the risk of looking like a mall walker. Just the, the, the like, tight back. Then just don't sell it. It's a shoulder. It just shouldn't affect how you run. So, yeah, um, in Hogan's words, it's going to be him and Kurt Henning. Calls him Henning a few times here, this one. It's so Against Team Package. And it's so slight that it's like, ugh, fuck it. I wrote, you knew right away this match was pointless. And it was. Yes. I kind of, I've forgotten when um, Kurt Hennig broke his arm. Yeah, that's kind of the case with a lot of guys have broken arms for a while. I can't remember the last time someone, like, freshly got their arm broken. It just feels like everyone's had a cast for a while. I think there's also an element of, it it might have happened somewhat recently, but the novelty of it is kind of lost because it's happening to everybody. Like, the first time it was like, oh, Oh, fuck. Like, like Sting disappeared for weeks. And then it was like, well, Vampiro is going to wrestle next week, so... No, you're right. Well, so speaking of Vampiro, backstage he cuts a brooding promo, and God, he's such a 13-year-old emo boy. Oh, God, This yes. is a horrible promo. Like, he delivers it so sleepily. It was so ECW vibes. Mm, but, that's, that's giving it too much credit. Well, that's what it was going for. It was going for that brooding ECW. Yeah, he's like, in like a Sandman, boiler room kind of thing. Raven vibes, yeah. But once again... Hogan's music was playing over Vampiro's promo, and I don't think they dubbed Hogan's music. I mean, I heard most of Vampiro's promo. It was not a good promo. But it was, it would have been, like, it was undercut by the music playing over it. Like, yeah, it wasn't there a good wasn't promo. There wasn't much undercut. But I'm just saying, he didn't even get his moment. Like, the music was playing so loudly over him that it's just like, fuck you. Yeah, like, Vampiro just kind of rambles, like, you say I'm a freak, you think I'm a freak. I am but a freak, A minute late. He has, like, a two or three more points, and then it's like, I am a freak. You're right. Like, yeah. th- there's no passion here. Oh, God, no. Oh, speaking of things that maybe you have too much passion. No, don't call this passion. <laughs> too much effort. Too much wasted energy. Brian Nobbs looks for the dog and finds him drinking out of a toilet. He's been a bad dog. Yeah, we don't actually see him drinking out of the toilet, but he That's that was the, the implication. implication. More spring breakout lameness. We get the Nitro Girls in the ring, and uh, oh, one has forgotten the choreography. Oh, she is just here for the vibes. <laughs> She's just twirling in the corner. She's just having a good time. She's not here. Choreography who? We get Mean Gene with Sid Vicious. And, Spoiler, uh, this is Nick's best bit. It's not, but Sid shouts, then whispers, and then shouts again. But you're also missing the psychotic laughter. Yes. Basically, he wants to be the one to take out the Harris Brothers. Like, Vampiro can help, but like, it's like no, that'll be the nail in the coffin. No, it'll be the power bomb. Jesus Christ. Let's go to our next match. It's we the must. dog, if you want to call it a match. Oh, I hated this. It's I... the dog with Brian Nobbs versus Norman Smiley. I viscerally, viscerally hate the dog gimmick. Yeah. Like, it hurts me in my chest. It pains me. Norman comes out in a Providence Bruins jersey. Slim pickings for local teams. Yeah, good for you for even knowing what that was. Norman doesn't know what to do with the dog gimmick, so he just gives him the big wiggle before the bell. He big wiggles the dog like twice. <laughs> Nobs can't get the chain off of the dog when the, when the match starts. It's like he really struggles with it. I wish 
I don't want to say I wish the dog had done more, but when Norman's big wiggling the dog and he's like, he hits the dog a little bit while he's got the hood on, I wish that the dog had kind of like reacted because the hood is just like a paralysis hood seemingly. Like the dog has no emotions unless the hood's off. Which is ironic because the dog is is your sleep paralysis demon. Yes, correct. The demon then comes down and attacks Nobbs, so Lane and Rave attack him. and then Yeah, because Lane and Rave are here now. Yeah. He gets hit a couple times and then just spits up a ton of blood. It's like, fucking... You're such like, a fucking goober. This match was nothing. And then the demon's here, which... Ooh, that's now a match. Yeah. And then fucking Lenny and Lodi are here. Like, oh, cool. We've bumped this match even up. More, the car- more up the card. And then, like, it's fucking nothing. And it's all bad. It's all people that I don't want to see, minus Norman Smiley. Why the fuck is Norman Smiley here? Uh, luckily, he's he lo- the outcast. He locks in the Norman Conquest and wins. But like then he wiggles move. on the dog again. Yes, he does the big wiggle on the dog, gets chased away by the dog. What was the point of this any of this? This was such a waste of time. A waste of time. A waste of energy. A waste of everyone's effort and a waste of, like, costuming and makeup? Like, it's a waste of resources. It's a waste of everything. Emily, it's a waste of ring time. Can I give you some good news? Oh, God. This is the last dog match on the podcast. Really? <laughs> yes. Thank fuck. Because this is a contender. When we do our bitsies again, this is the worst game. <laughs> I know. It's like, th- it's like three or four weeks, but This man. is worse than the demon. The dog <laughs> is worse than the demon. I know we'll have this debate later on, but, like, mark my words, the demon is... The demon will come in second place. See, to me, it's about intent. They like they're like, oh, oh the demon's gonna be so fucking this. cool. No, they the dog is meant to be this like weird thing. The demon's meant to be look at this fucking guy. He's awesome. Well, that's what it was supposed to be initially, and yeah. then he got debuted, and there's like, oh, this guy's fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, bottom of the card. But yeah, I don't know if we'll actually see the dog again. It wouldn't shock me if we see him on Sunday. Ugh. But in terms of a match, maybe he'll run away. <laughs> I think Al Green has a match as Al, like a couple more matches as Al Green, but not on Nitro. Well, we're still actually in this segment because Nobbs then grabs a mic and says he's the true hardcore champion. Nobbs is like, that fucking sucked. Let's do a real match. <laughs> yeah. So he wants to fight somebody. He's like, maybe the demon. The demon does not accept this challenge. Nope. So again, the demon, like, the fucking coward, would have accepted this. We then see Terry Funk walking backstage who like seems to have accepted the match. He didn't, though. He was just like, <laughs> I'm hardcore. Like. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't he did acknowledge it. the challenge. Yes, he did it in a way in which it's like, okay, he's clearly headed to the ring for this, but it wasn't announced or like, yes, I accept. No. It was just kind of assumed, I guess. They did mention Terry Funk's age, which knowing like where we are in 2023, knowing that Terry Funk is 56 years old in this match. That's amazing. Yeah. That's which amazing. Yeah, I said last episode, we're going to talk more about him yeah. here. Yeah, I mean, Terry Funk passed away in the past, I guess, month at this point. or God, Actually, maybe even a little more. It was because it was before we got married, so yeah. yeah, it's been over a month. Just, you know, absolute... What a fantastic le- yeah, career Legend of the business. Had. Minus a, a song on his album, mostly unproblematic. <laughs> Nick sent me his album. I told him I was going to the gym yesterday during work. He sent me a link to Terry Funk's album on YouTube. He's like, Harry, for your workout. Did you get to the song Barbara Streisand's Nose? I did not. <laughs> oh, God. I don't even want to ask... I'm just going to assume it's anti-Semitic at worst. Yeah, it's it's unclear how much of the intent was oh, that. God. When you call something Barbara Streisand's nose, like, yeah, Jesus but Christ. No, Terry Funk, I mean, no. it'd be tough to find somebody who has genuine bad things to say about Terry <laughs> Funk, unless you're Mick Foley for a couple years, but even then, that's just like... Oh, they're fine. I mean, yeah, even then, that, that, that was just like, you know, the ups and downs of friendship. He's... 
of he's incredible. Like I want to I want to see a biopic on him. Yeah. Like I, he is a movie in himself. I do want to see more young Terry Funk cuz it occurs yeah, to me that I'm like I've like not seen Terry Funk before the mid 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz he's just to me he's just a, like forever old man and Exactly. Well, I think of Ric Flair like that too. Yeah. And Hulk Hogan honestly. The fact that he went through his entire career being as successful as he was, being as legendary as he was, and as far as I know, didn't have any like near ends to his career due to an injury, as far as I can tell. <laughs> you need a new knee, Terry. But the amount of shit that he put his body through and never got a life-altering injury, it's like, it's it's amazing. He may have passed away, but I still do not believe Terry Funk is fully retired. <laughs> no, he's not. No. He's doing matches up in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> calling jesus an egg sucking dog (laughs) he's like i'm not going through those pearly gates brother until you until you meet me in the ring so yeah we're gonna do uh terry funk versus brian knobs in a hardcore match i'm gonna ask you up front how'd you feel about this match because um it was something because there was a there was a good amount of bonking there was a okay including some self-sabotage bonk (laughs) this was i don't know I'll, I'll, i'll get us to the point at least Knobs breaks, it's either a pool cue or like a mop handle on Funk. I think it was a mop handle. And then bonks him, <laughs> and then bonks him with, with, with a trash can, and then hits a chair shot. We get a crutch shot and a lid shot to Knobs, and Knobs gets thrown into the crowd and then gets thrown back to ringside. And we get a bunch of bonking in the ring. Until, so much bonking. And like, Terry's trying to hit Knobs on each of these, and he keeps getting interrupted by a trash can yeah. shot. And then he catches the trash can. And is pulling it repeatedly onto both of their heads. It was so Three Stooges. It was like, what are we watching? Because I was like, wait, is it meant to be catching Terry? And then Terry yeah. sells it after. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah it was. That was intentional. <laughs> I thought it was funny as hell. I, re- I remember just la- later in the show saying that this felt like like a Saturday morning cartoon. But it wasn't in reference to this. But this could feed into that as well. That It was so cartoony. It was, it was so silly. And to add to it, Three Cow comes out. Yeah, why the fuck are three count? Three count are all over the show. Yeah. MVP. Knobs fights them off and hits Pity City on more. We then get a diving belt shot from Evan Courageous, and they pull Terry Funk on top of Knobs. So Funk wins a bit of fun, but mostly disjointed match. Yes, definitely disjointed. It was just, it was wild. Three count throws Funk out of the ring to do their dance, and then Knobs blindsides them. Funk grabs the chicken and hits oh, a chicken gosh. punch on three count. I called this chicken socko. As Tony points out, they might get salmonella. He puts the chicken on his hand, does like a chicken socko thing, and then chicken punches, and then there's chicken slapping, and then the, the slap of the chicken was just so visceral. And you could like see the chicken like falling apart into the ring. <laughs> well, it was just disintegrating. Yeah. Well, he like he like put his hand a little bit inside the chicken for like yeah. grip to hit the punch. Yeah, he was holding on to like the carcass of the chicken. Oh, but then the, the piece of the chicken just flying everywhere and the juice is all over the place. And this isn't the end of the show, so the next couple matches have to occur with the chicken juice. Yeah, well, we also get Dustin Rhodes Why coming in with a cowbell. And I'm like, I'd say they're inspired by ECW, but it's really more a lack of creativity on what to do with the Rhodes family. Yeah, why are you here? Because him and Terry are feuding. This is not the time. Dustin wraps the rope around Funk's neck and then like goes to Irish whip him and then whips him back down. Like, a little like... Brutal looking spot. I wish they had held on and they immediately cut no, away to Jeff cut. Jarrett. Hard cut to the Yeehaws. Yep. Jeff Jarrett talking to the group. He's like, the Harris boys, just go out and have your own match. I don't want to do it. I don't want to go out there. Good. Fuck off. Get off my TV. We see a clip from Thunder. Finley attacks Vampiro. I'm sure he won't interfere in the next match. He actually doesn't. I was like, why else would you show this to us other than 
Oh, yeah, they have a pay-per-view match on Sunday. Yeah. But, like, Finley's promo in this next segment, it's so default. He just threatens to give Vampiro a swirly. It's default. Like, yeah. I did like that he's saying, like, I'll pin you in the toilet. Like, that's kind of funny. But, like, it was not giving, it was not inspired. No. Look. Finley's we, we, not a promo. We like Finley. Finley's not an inspiring promo. Speaking of mostly inspiring not inspiring promos. promos. How dare it, you. Mostly. You're telling me the Harris boys are a good promo. I don't have they ever given a promo? A little bit. Oh, I don't remember. Well, that's why I don't remember it. I remember them last talking when they actually joined the NWO. The Harris Boys versus Sid Vicious and Vampiro. And man, we said it before, but the NWO theme on these guys continues to feel out of place. Oh yeah. It, that's why they're the Yeehaws. Harris brothers come down in full suits but wrestle in like turtleneck t shirts. Yeah, what the fuck? What is this? Sid overpowers Ron, and I've decided that I'm just going to pretend I know which one is which. Oh, I've been calling them Harris 1 and Harris 2. But do you, interf- but do you remember which one's which? No. Yeah. It's whenever I think I see a tag, and I'm like, ah, now it's Harris 1 again. Big boot, and then hits Don. Vampiro tags in, hits, hits, a, hits a diving crossbody, and then a mule kick. Running spin kick brings in Don, and Ron hits a tackle of some sort. Did not look good. Just saying names over here. Spinning sidewalk slam from Don. That was Ron. Vampiro hits a spin kick, but is knocked down by Don on the apron. No, that was Ron. <laughs> the problem is, I'm not noting all the tags, so it's like, no. this happens to Don, and then Don tags out, and then Don does something on yeah, the apron. Soft stomps in the corner as Vampiro asks to get hit some more. He's like, nah, come on, more punishment. And, like, the crowd didn't wasn't really all that into it, so it just kind of no. came off lame. It and the lame. offense wasn't that severe, so it was like, okay. It was very lame. Yeah. Before I get shit, though, because I'm sure that I will. Because I had my whole, like, die on the hill that I can tell the two twins apart. They've been bulking. And now they're both roughly the same size. Okay. So there's not skinny twin and fat twin anymore. They're the same. They're beefy now. And now they're, like, they're they're a lot harder to tell apart now. So they are twins. I will concede that fact. <laughs> concede that fact. I will concede. And I cannot tell them apart anymore. Don lightly pushes Sid so the ref gets distracted when Sid tries to come in. It's like the It was the lamest, like... Remember your spot. You have to do something right now. <laughs> Wait, no. It wasn't even like a shove. It was like, a, no, you're over there. Yeah. Ref gets distracted as Ron comes in to cheat. Classic Ron. Harris Brothers hit an H-bomb, but Sid is, is secretly tagged in. Chokeslam to Don. Powerbomb to Ron. Sid wins. Sid wins. Vampiro does not win. Sid wins. Well, to the point where Sid just goes up the ramp and leaves Vampiro at ringside. And I'm like, I don't think that was a story point. I think that was just... It was just Sid being in the moment. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot it was a tag match. Yeah, this was pretty much exactly what you expected from this match. Yep. I don't know why you have Sid pin the challengers for the tag team championships this Sunday, like six days before the pay-per-view. Yeah. No Jeff Jarrett here. Fuck if I know. Yeah. It was underwhelming at best. They really, they've run out of steam on the Jeff Jarrett storyline. Yeah. Shocker. Because there's nothing there. They're not the NWO. Thankfully, they've only got like a month left to exist. Admittedly, I don't know if Jarrett and the Harris boys stayed partnered i hope the harris boys vanish i think they're around for a while Ugh, i don't talk about them anymore speaking of people we don't, we don't want to talk about anymore ricky rackman is here ricky! with more, more college stuff sugar shane and he jokes that like someone might have drugged him does he Did you oh, catch that? that yeah he's like oh uh someone might have put something in my drink but i think the nitro some of the nitro girls but it was like he literally says, someone might have slipped something in my drink. And I'm like, oh, okay. Just dropping that in casually. Yikes. Yeah. I'm sure Brown University loved that. Yeah. Yikes. 
We didn't get an ad for Thunder. Like, this is a show. Please remember to watch this show. <laughs> Please remember we're here. Then we get Gene with Team Package. Package. Luger says Sting isn't here again. <laughs> Jesus. Luger also threatens to break Hennig's other arm. And then... Flair just screams. <laughs> yeah, immediately. Why is he screaming? It does not work up to it. No, because like... Lex is just kind of staying very, like, low-key. Liz does absolutely nothing, as she does. And then Gene turns to Flair. and like, Flair, what do you think? Well, you know something, man, Gene, brother! Like, Jesus Christ, man. I like how you, you, you did the Hogan verbiage. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> mentioned Liz isn't going to do anything. Speaking of a bunch of people who aren't going to do anything. It's Stevie Ray with Harlem Heat 2000 versus the Disco Inferno. And, fuck me, I can't help it's but so laugh bad. at Cassius. He's so big. Four by four. <laughs> Somehow he's turning into five by five. I don't know how. <laughs> the song Brick House, written about him, actually. You think it's about a woman? No. Backstage, the Harris Brothers brawl with the Mama Lukes after Disco leaves, so he's unaware that uh, they're in a brawl. Yeah, because, and they're... And this happens just because, like, oh yeah, they have a match on Sunday, remember? Sure. For the tag team titles. Sure. Disco grabs a mic and calls Harlem Heat three fat Alberts, hey, which... Hey, hey. <laughs> That's a decent line. No, it's a good joke. It's funny. He also says that he's now a manager, so he, you know, should be having a match. He's like, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a manager. Like, sir, I've seen you wrestle. Yeah. You are a wrestler. He calls Jay Biggs J.J. Walker, which, I didn't uh, get that joke. yeah, he has a couple of them here. He's referencing the show Good Times. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those are where the dynamite reference comes from. Oh, okay. Yeah. Before Sorry. our time. Yeah. I'm not. Probably I'm not before the 2000s time, too. Is it, do you think it's dated at this point? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh. Disco calls for the Mama Lukes to come out, but they don't. And he just keeps calling for them. And then he's like, well, since I'm not a wrestler, guess I get the night off. Good night. No, guess we all get the night off. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Bye. I, that That got a pop out of me. Yeah. It's like, guess we're done here. Bye. <laughs> Disco gets trapped in between Cassius and Big T. <laughs> we get thrown in the ring. Match names. starts. Stevie Ray hits a pump kick and then another. I'm like, oh, I see someone learned a cool new move. <laughs> Disco grabs a mic and calls for help again. He's like, guys, come on. Please. Stop fucking around. Or do you get like jump scared by the uncensored logo every time? It's it so loud the in the show. Oh my god! <laughs> it was jarring every time. We get a super sloppy Harlem sidekick from Big T in the ring. Disco gets a little bit of offense, hits a swinging neck breaker, Russian leg sweep. But then the numbers game gets to him again. Belly to belly suplex, and then a slapjack from Stevie Ray gets the pin for Harlem Heat. Yeah, calling this a match is. Um... Giving it a lot of credit. This is just a beatdown. Yeah, this could have been 20 seconds and been the same. It didn't need to be what it was. No. Especially when you have him give the excuse of, like, I'm a manager. It's like, just have Stevie Ray, like, you know, knock him out. Agreed. And, again, these two teams won't be interacting at all on Sunday. Yeah, so why the fuck are we here? What I are we doing? Know. What are we doing know. here, guys? Yeah, because at one point, Jay Big says, like, oh, we, we, we haven't gotten a tag team title shot. And I'm like, really? Really? You could have fooled me. Yeah, right? Like, that's... I swear there was, like, a four-team match. Yeah, like a tournament? It wasn't even a tournament. Just, like, it was one of those where I want to... I remember noting, I'm like, why would the Mamelukes put their titles on the line in this four-team match where they can easily lose it? I swear Harlem Heat was a part of that. Who knows, man? Why does Cassius, the bigger wrestler, not simply eat the smaller wrestlers? <laughs> he just, like, Kirby's through. <laughs> Maybe... Put him back in the pink outfit and he just like Kirby says. Well, that was Big T, but. Oh, no. Good Lord. That man's too big. I'm going to come to him with like a little needle. He's going to pop. Let's go to our next Mean Gene interview with Hulk Hogan, Kurt Hennig, and Jimmy Hart. Did you notice Gene in this interview not giving a fuck what Kurt Hennig has to say? 
I didn't, but I didn't know. Just, like, like, I guess snubbed. they're on the clock because they move pretty quick. Gene snubbed Kurt. Like, Kurt starts it off and then says something. And Gene just kind of, like, doesn't acknowledge it. It's like, well, Hogan, what do you have to say? I'm like, well, fuck you, Kurt, I guess. Well, Hennig says that teaming up is the greatest thing in wrestling history. I'm like, yeah. Um, disagree, but sure. Hogan in his red tank and red pants. I wanted to note, note this because we've seen him before cut a promo in one attire and then come out in a different one. But no, he actually comes out in the same thing later. Okay. So yeah. You were the only person that makes note of that. Hogan keeps saying Henning and says that there will be strapation tonight, dude. Strapation. Which brings us to our main event. It is Kurt Hennig and Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart versus Team Package with Elizabeth. Lex got spooked by the pyro. Flair refuses to start the match. Nope, I'm not. Luger can do it. That's probably when you have two cowardly heels. No one wants to actually start the match. Hogan chokes Luger in the corner, knocks Flair off the apron, and then rakes the eyes of Luger. I'm like, okay, fucking heel. Well, yes, that's the whole point. Hogan's not a heel! Oh, okay, that's a good point. Well, is he not, though? He fucking is. He, Luger, gets, he gets away with everything the heels get away with, so, like, what's yeah, the difference? Luger gets his boot up on Hedig and tags in Flair. They trade chops until a Flair turnbuckle spot, and he stumbles into Hogan's boot on the apron. Hogan then drops to the floor and hits a chair shot on Ric Flair. It's so, a plastic chair, but it's still a chair shot. Especially in this back and forth between Hogan and Flair in this beginning part. The hits were so light. The fists weren't coming anywhere near each other. Flair literally throws himself into a barricade on the outside. Like, Hogan does the move like it looks like he's throwing him. But he doesn't, like, flex his muscle. There's nothing there. There's no power behind it. And then Flair just, like, flops himself onto the barricade. I'm like, are we even trying? Are we, are you fucking, like... Trying? Are you like trying to think? Do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> In Emily's favorite spot, Hennig suplexes Flair from the apron, so Flair begs off. He does it too much. I think it's maybe he doesn't do it more than once a match, but he definitely does it more than once a show, and that's too much. Well, the thing is, they've been having him wrestle so often that it's yeah. Like, so vary up your move set, my guy. Luger tags in and slows things down. Yes, he does. Chops to Luger and then a high knee again. And Hogan keeps getting involved from the apron. Like, he just wrestles like a heel, and I can't get over it. It's Hulk Hogan. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Hogan tags in, and Madden reminds us that he definitely stole an ambulance earlier. <laughs> Mark Madden is upset. Mark Madden is a man of the taxpaying people. Flair hits chops in the corner, but they do very little and just fire up Hogan. Much like Kloff's anger shell ability. Yeah. Yeah, when you get it below half health, yeah. it'll boost the speed and attack. I know. I had cloth on my team. Well, it can also have a regenerator. I, I wasn't know. sure which cloth you had. I had, I had the boost one. God, that t- it takes so long too. <laughs> it, it, it just five stats. It takes like five minutes. Like, all right, I, I go to the bathroom while this is happening. <laughs> Neither here nor there. Is this a Pokemon podcast or a wrestling podcast? <sighs> Flair goes up top, but is immediately caught. Flair hits a sneaky low blow, and then Luger beats down Hogan. Flair chokes Hogan from the apron in a weird-looking angle and then tags back in, hits another low blow. Double clothesline, both men are down. And we get a hot tag to Hennig. I would not have had that on my bingo card right? for this match. He cleans house, and in general, he's been getting a weird push. They don't know what to do with him. Well, they don't know what to do with him because Sting's not been here. Yes. He's just the Sting substitute. Uh, that You might be right there. Like, really think about the past couple weeks, and if Sting was there, it would have been Sting. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Kurt is very solidly, like, in the... He's not mid-card, but he's not top tier. So upper he's mid like, card. Yeah, I guess upper well, mid. He's somebody who... He's very solidly there. 
I mean, it's one of those things where it never seems like they plan on doing a lot with him, but they can heat him up real quick to, like, have him work a, like a certain spot. He could be a meal. You could you could add extra stuff to him and make him a really substantial meal, or you can just make him a quick meal. Yeah, like, I, I don't feel like he's being pushed. I just feel like he's being slotted in. Yeah. Hogan rakes the back of Luger, and all four men are in the ring. The referee tells Hogan to get it back on the apron as Hennig hits a Hennig plus on, on Flair. But Luger breaks up with a baseball bat. And then Luger hits Jimmy Hart with a baseball bat, so Hogan attacks Alex and manages to fight off the double team. Hogan tries to use his belt like a heel, but the ref goes to grab it, and then Hogan pushes the ref to cause a DQ. I'm like, Mickey James, you know, took- like a heel. Is it Mickey J or Mickey James? Mickey J. Mickey James is a female wrestler. Mickey J takes a great bump. Mickey J is a good ref. He, he fell well. Like, he took that well. It was, like, believable. But good for him for not being just like glass ref takes the bump is like, no, DQ. We're done. Hogan hits a big boot on both men. Liz hits Hogan in the knee with a baseball bat. Thank God she was here. The heels beat down the faces until the lights go out. And <gasps> they're, be? they're out for a while. They are, yeah. And then this I'm like, I'm like, okay, clearly it's going to be Sting. And then we see Vampiro. I'm Vampiro? Like, what? And I'm like, why, why did you get a lights out moment? And then Sting arrives. Yeah, he's rolling to the back with Flair, and then we get Sting making, like, a proper entrance. But, like, why was Vampiro there at all? I don't know. He didn't need to be there. He didn't add or detract, I guess, from the story, but he did not need to be there. Sting brings Luger back into the ring, hits a Stinger Splash, and then hits a big right hand, and Luger rolls out of the ring. Sting, Hogan, Hennig, Jimmy Hart, and you actually see a little bit of Vampiro celebrate to end the show. (laughs) Why the fuck was Vampiro here? I don't know. Uh, The match itself was okay. So this is where, this like, this screamed 80s wrestling to me. Yes. But not in like a bad way, in like a cartoon way. And especially in the nobody wants to take the pin, brother. Yes. It was, it it felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. But it wasn't bad. It was entertaining. Like, I didn't hate the match. Yeah. Crowd popped big for Mm -hmm. for Sting coming back. Honestly, like, it it almost fooled me a little bit because I'm like, like, oh shit, Sting's back. Oh, he's going to wrestle on Sunday. Like, like it got me and then I'm like, oh yeah, he's facing Luger in a weird lumberjack cast match. Yeah. Vampiro and Headache do feel like the odd men out here. Like, it doesn't feel like they're in the same boat as everybody else. Oh, absolutely Absolutely not. But nice to see Sting back, and overall, this wasn't a bad show. It wasn't the worst. The second half dragged a bit. A lot of, of like... We lingered too much on certain stories. Yeah, that, and even the stuff that went quick just felt kind of pointless and felt like we were just killing time. Yeah, I agree. Like, the dog match, why the fuck was that there? Like, a lot of predictability, but I mean, I'll take not aggressively bad overall yeah, exactly. at this point. Pay-per-view doesn't look like it's going to be any good, though. No. I am not looking forward like, to Like, there's not a single match that excites me. And We're I actually, gonna... like, really thought through it and I went, yeah. there's nothing. We're going to need the uh, shot prior to that episode. Yeah. So, yeah, that's next episode. It's going to be Uncensored, episode 90. But first, we have best bit, worst bit, and MVP. Emily, what is your best bit? I mean, I don't think that it's, I don't think that this is a hot take, but it's it's the cruiserweight tag match. Yes, the Young Dragons versus three yeah, count. three count. I have mine for the same. It's not. I did not get mine to the Sid promo. Oh, well, I am shocked. I no, actually thought that you would. This felt like what they used to do when Nitro was good. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe they'll have together a little bit. And we'll see what they do with the Young Dragons. I don't have a lot of faith, but we'll see. I know ninjas become a part of Nitro at of some point, so I, I assume do. they're involved in that. Vince Russo is a fucking child. It's fine. Uh, Emily, admittedly, I did not have a worst bit because it happened. You didn't have a worst bit. It went so quick that I... 
And it was so much chaos energy that I went, okay. You but, know uh, what my worst bit is. It's, it's, it's the fucking dog. Yeah, just the dog or the dog? The, it's the, that the whole, whole match. Segment. It's that okay, match. Dog versus Norman Stella. That was awful. And Emily, I struggle with this. Who is your MVP? <laughs> You're not going to agree with me. I gave it to three count, but specifically Shannon Moore. Okay. So three count was everywhere in this episode, and I never groaned when I saw them because I knew they were going to do something at the very least entertaining. And Shannon Moore, like, specifically pulled a lot of weight in those matches. Okay. So I'm giving it to that. I really struggled on an answer for this. And I think I'm just going to give um, for a mix of... For his, for his work here tonight Sid. and a, you know, lifetime achievement, I'm going to give Sid. it to Terry Funk. Oh, oh, okay. Honestly, the spot of him pulling the, the, the trash can out of both of them just made me pop enough because I've not seen that. Like, you know what? He did good in his role for this, and it was him or Arn, honestly. That was so dumb. Yeah, it was dumb, but I got some enjoyment out of it. And like most of his career, he manages to kind of shift from the, the dumb, silly shit into like, oh yeah, storyline with Dustin Rhodes and... You feel sympathy for him when he's getting like choked out with with the rope. Yeah. True. So I don't even Terry Funk. Okay. But that's it for this we episode of the Butt Seats Podcast. We got there. Next up is Uncensored. Ugh. If you want some additional content that's not necessarily WCW, we have it over on our Patreon. Our Patreon. Patreon.com slash butts in the seats. Five bucks a month gets you a extra episode. And I just, like, throw little, like, writing blurbs up there every once in a while, too, when I feel inspired. Yeah, Emily has a bunch of fun ideas that we will actually now have time for once this episode's come out. God. You guys have no idea how busy we have been. Well, maybe you do. For the last month and a half. It has been nonstop. And finally, we can, like, take a deep breath and focus on this. So, I will be more active on the social medias. I will be all over our Patreon. We have all kinds of ideas and new content coming for all over the place. Yeah, we have too many ideas. We have too many ideas. So now is a great time to get involved. Well, and you can also listen to all of our back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much everywhere else podcasts are found besides SoundCloud. Yes. We'll do the soundcloud. Also, follow us on social media at Butts in the Pod on X and... Just call it Twitter. We're not playing the and X And threads and Instagram and... But the Seats Podcast on Facebook. Emily, any closing thoughts on our first uh, trip back to WCW in quite a while? Uh, I'm not excited for what's to come. I'm ready for a new era. The FAF is going to return soon. FAF, FAF, FAF. That's what I want, man. Until that FAF comes, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts and Seats Podcast. Bye!